You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera and everything in between, if you have a piece of hunting gear or a piece of hunting equipment that needs a battery, Interstate Batteries has got you covered. You can go to a local retail store. Or you can go visit online at interstatebatteries.com. They have thousands of local retail shops all over the U.S., so you can go there as well. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Woo! One, two. This is the Hunting Gear Podcast, and just like the title implies, we cover all things hunting gear and equipment, from discussions with the top manufacturers to product reviews from past hunting experiences. Our goal is to provide you with reliable and unbiased product information in hopes of educating you on new products and assisting in future purchases. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast starts right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number one of the Hunting Gear Podcast. And if you didn't listen to episode zero, basically the introduction episode of what this podcast is going to cover, what it's all about, it's a real short podcast. I'm just going to kind of repeat that right here. The title kind of says it all. We're going to be talking about hunting gear and not just bow hunting, not just gun hunting, everything. Right, we're going to talk about everything in this episode, and the reason that I I felt uh, we needed to start a podcast like this is because there are several hunting podcasts out there, but I don't think there's one that really covers hunting gear 100% of the time. You know, if this podcast necessarily isn't going to talk about hunting strategy and tactics and stuff like that, we are going to be talking about hunting gear and equipment, uh, everything from tips and tricks to uh, speaking with some of the manufacturers of these products, you know, maybe some of the marketing guys, maybe some of the designers and engineers, hopefully, and uh, talk about how these products were designed, tested, and implemented, and uh, how they work for you. And uh, we have a guy who's on the show with us today. His name is Mr. Bob Polanik, and he is a contributor to the Sportsman's Nation. Uh, he writes a lot of reviews and stuff like that for uh, the Sportsman's Nation uh, website. He does some video work there on the YouTube channel, but he is also an avid outdoorsman, and he is a self-proclaimed deer nut, so... 
Bob, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about where you're from and what do you do for a living? Oh, thanks for having me, Dan. I, uh, I'm from Michigan, um, born and raised in Grand Rapids, but moved up to northern Michigan uh, a few years ago. Um, for a living, I am a project manager for a, uh, a township's utility authority. We uh, take care of their water and wastewater. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I kind of screwed up my words. I said, did I say deer nut or gear nut? You said deer nut, but uh, definitely a gear nut as well. So gotcha. a little bit of both. A little bit yep. of both, right? And uh, today, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about hunting clothing and layering, right? So throughout your entire year, why don't you kind of talk to us what animals you're hunting, what locations and terrains that, that you hunt, and uh, that way everybody has a good idea of, I guess, how... Uh, the gear that goes along with those hunts. Alrighty. So, uh, typically in September, uh, I'm usually headed out to either Montana or Idaho to go elk hunting for a week or two. Uh, from there, get back to Michigan, uh, typically bow hunt, uh, for whitetails in Michigan for most of October. And then, um, once uh, late October and first couple of weeks of November rolls around, uh, been heading out to Nebraska uh, and or Iowa. Typically, try to get both in. Um, usually, I'll go to Nebraska with my wife and then Iowa with uh, a buddy. And then uh, on the opposite years, I'll go to Nebraska with a buddy and then Iowa with my wife. So When you can draw the tag, right? Yeah, correct. Correct. Gotcha. Okay. So there is a wide variety of temperatures and terrains and all the things that you just mentioned. And I'll kind of run through right now where I'm going uh, this this upcoming year. I'm doing a Colorado elk hunt. I'm doing a South Dakota mule deer hunt. And I'm also doing a, as always, I live in Iowa. So I, I am fortunate enough to hunt Iowa every year for my two week, you know, two and a half week rut vacation where I chase whitetails from a tree stand. And so with everything that me and you have just covered in where we're going, what we're hunting, there is a wide range of hunting clothing and layering systems and all that stuff uh, that uh, go along with those hunts. But before we get into that breakdown, I want to ask you a question, and that is before you learned about things like merino wool and layering systems, what kind of hunting clothing did you wear uh for uh, for a base layer blue jeans and a t-shirt and then for a mid layer would be uh, a sweatshirt and then i would i i froze my tail off in a tree stand for many years uh just wearing your standard, well, you know, something you could get at like Gander Mountain or Cabela's, just like uh, some of the real tree or mossy oak. Just, yeah, nothing even very thick. Just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cold toes and shivering in a tree stand when I was younger. Right, and I can attest to that. I can remember, it was so cold one of one of the ruts I was hunting that I had so many 
cotton hooded sweatshirts on that when a doe came by, I could not even draw my bow because I looked like <laughs> the kid from the Toy Story whose mom put him in like three snowmobile suits. Yep. So uh, that's, yeah, I was the the cotton socks, like five layers of cotton socks. I was the uh, muck boots most of the time, the rubber boots, uh, maybe a Carhartt overalls and then hooded sweatshirts and gloves and a stocking cap right that was that was until i learned about you know you start to research and and obviously the internet plays a huge role in all the all the information that could be found so what was like what was the big breakthrough for you and how did you learn about oh my god i can stay warmer in the tree stand or stay drier in the tree stand or whatever, uh, just by changing this. Well, so I remember the year it was 2012 and I was so cold. I, I actually used to never hunt into November because I would just get too cold. So I honestly would by late October, my hunting would be over with. Usually I'd have a doe or a, you know, a young buck on the ground and in the freezer and Called it good. wasn't really that serious of a bow hunter just yet, but uh, 2012, I was starting to get more and more into it and trying to, you know, shoot a, a, a nice like two and a half year old buck. Um, finally, trying to progress, and I'm, I'm in a tree stand in early November, and I'm getting down at 9 a.m. because I'm so cold, and I'm just like, this can't, this this is not sustainable. Right. So. Um, I think that's kind of really when a lot of the outdoor industry started hitting social media and advertising and stuff like that. And sure enough, it, it worked on me. I started reading and researching and getting on forums and uh, hearing what guys were using to stay warm and layering systems. And uh, along came Sika gear back when, uh, gosh, their whitetail pattern was like that. Uh, dominantly green pattern, that forest pattern or whatever it was. Yeah. Then I invested some money into that and I was absolutely blown away how warm I could stay in a tree stand with just some of their heavier, their heavier jackets and not even really uh, getting into the, the good Moreno base layers just yet. So that's 2012, 2013 is, was the big game changer for me with, getting into layering systems. Yeah. So, how about you? Yeah, so so for me, I was uh I, I don't necessarily I was able to tough out the cold weather except for one thing, and that was if my feet got cold, I'm done. Like I'm screwed because I I can tough out, you know, shaky arms and my legs, but when my toes start getting to that point where Anything that touches them makes them hurt, or I, I'm, I'm sure we've all been there, especially hunting uh, cold weather, where you get back to your car, and they start to warm up, and it's painful as they start to warm up. You're, like, you're, you're, you're basically borderlining, uh, I guess, frostbite on, yeah. on your toes and fingers, but the first game changer for me was I actually borrowed a pair of really heavy duty wool socks from my from my stepdad and uh because i don't know something was wrong with the wash and 
and I didn't get my, my regular socks, my regular hunting socks, but they were 100% wool. And I went out hunting that night and my feet were warm and I was able to focus more on hunting and it, they still got cold after a while, but they weren't as cold. And that got me thinking, man, well, if there is this, right, if, if there's this for the feet, there's got to be other types of, uh, layers and clothing, you know, different apparel for the legs. And that's when I started doing my research. So that was somewhere around the probably 2010, 2011, same thing, right? When social media and all the outdoor industry started going towards, digital lots of information lots of experts out there putting their information on so that's when i did my research and that's when i started you know experimenting and buying new material outside of cotton and carhartts and going into base layers and wool socks and and stuff like that and and uh that right there changed that's that's kind of the, the game changer for me now the the question that I have for you is, it sounds like Sitka is where you landed on, on that. So what were some of the first uh, pieces of clothing that you bought and was it for tree stand hunting or was it more towards Western hunting? Uh, it was all for tree, tree stand hunting. I was, uh, I think the first pieces of gear I bought were the Fanatic jacket and bibs because i was i was all in on staying warm i had enough of being cold and um i remember wearing a fanatic jacket and bibs into a tree stand in mid-october and i think it was 55 degrees out and i was just i was just sweating head to toe and um that causes its own issues you know you got your your moisture problems and I'm still wearing blue jeans underneath my bibs and, you know, kind of being a uneducated on a, on a layering system still at that point. But, um, but yeah, so from there, from, from the, the fanatic pieces, which those are, those are insulated with like, I think Primal off, they're not down or anything, but, yeah. um, yeah, from there, just, uh, kind of started thinking about, well, hearing guys about, you know, talking about packing in their heavy jackets and then throwing them on at the tree that was a big help and then yeah. you start hearing about you know that moisture management and, and wearing clothes that wicked away sweat and um that's uh i don't even think it was any sick gear as far as base layers i was wearing it's more of uh like under armor type stuff and just noticed a huge benefit with that moisture wicking ability of of those base layers and then from there you know you kind of just everything evolves and kind of get you know, I want to be wearing camo because um, there's days where, you know, you it's going to get cold. And but when you're hiking into your tree stand, it's still in the 50s and you got a tree stand on your back. So um, you're up in your tree stand for a good half hour, hour and uh, before you cool down enough to put a heavy jacket on. And I was up in that tree stand with a bright white Under Armour, you know, base layer on kind of like sticking out like a sore thumb. So. Right. So I started investing more into, uh, uh, it wasn't just Sitka, but, um, I, I had, uh, I ran Cryptek gear for a season as well. And that, uh, they've got a lot of Moreno, same, same layering system as, as the Sikas and the first lights and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, for me, I can't believe, you know, what you just, like what you just said, I can't believe I didn't 
I didn't catch that earlier, just not by reading anything, but hey, if you sweat your balls off walking to the tree stand, you're going to get cold faster. And it took me several years to not get fully dressed at my car and walk in with my overalls or my outer shells um, on my actual uh, tree stand or in my backpack and just basically walk to my tree stands freezing cold and and then get dressed there and realize that, hey, I could stay longer if I stay dry, right? Right. And, you know, then, then we come to find out I was in the same boat as you, right? I would wear, like, uh, tights almost, like uh, workout tights or the tights that guys would wear under their football pads. Uh, and yep. that had some, some, some kind of moisture-wicking ability, but it didn't have the insulation factor like Merino does or some of these other synthetic like blends that, that are out there. So I guess I want to, I want to, that's kind of how we got to where we are today, right? We all started with the blue jeans and the hoodies and the, the, the cotton socks, like 10 layers. And now we're to the point where, um, uh, we realize that layering is probably the best possible thing for us. So when you, went and started doing your research was there any place specific that you found had great and not necessarily from the Sitka gears or the first light but other places other uh, forms of media that had really good information on how to properly layer oh yeah yeah um so archerytalk.com that's a it's a pretty popular forum I would say um and there's I mean, there's tons of forums on uh, different layers and different techniques, and you can you can learn a whole lot just reading other people's comments, what works for them, and you get a good feel that what works for one guy doesn't work for everyone, but you kind of just get a, a general sense of what everyone's doing, and then you just trial and error, kind of go at it and figure out your system that works best for you. At least that's kind of how it evolved for me. Right. Right. And, uh, that's, so, so, you know, kind of the same way I listened, uh, you know, when podcasts started becoming popular, there was a couple podcasts out there that would cover it. Um, you know, the, the Instagrams of the world and some Facebook, uh, guys that were out there would talk about their layering systems. YouTube, there's a ton of information on YouTube about what guys pack in their bag and when they go out to specifically Western type, type hunting. But I think the best thing for us to do is to break it down and we can talk about Eastern hunting or your typical whitetail tree stand uh, clothing and then also what me and you kind of put on our backs when we're out West doing some of this uh, higher terrain, more mobile hunting, a lot more moving, but at the same time, uh, like weather patterns can be really change really fast so let's start with uh tree stands why don't you walk us through your layering system for maybe an early season and then a late season whitetail hunt okay um early season and i and tree stand hunting i don't know what it is but i still i just run cold i think sit in a tree stand and i'm not sure what it is but um a couple things first of all tree stand hunting i don't typically hunt unless it's a cold front especially october yeah um so that kind of eliminates a lot of that um any of the early season like warm weather gear like i know sika has got some really lightweight stuff and i don't 
I don't even really own any of it because I'm just not interested in, you know, sitting in a tree when it's 65, 70 degrees out. I'm always waiting until it's that big 10, 15 degree temperature drop. So um, typically uh, a very light base layer uh, and I'll wear the Fanatic light bibs in and then just have my, uh, I think they have a Fanatic light jacket as well. And I'll just strap that to my pack. Um, and that will get me, you know, with some different layering options, um, you know, like the Moreno, the Moreno top. Um, but with that paired with, say, a Fanatic hoodie and then that Fanatic light jacket, you can get a really good range of, of temperature anywhere from 55, 60 degrees, you know, when it's 3 p.m. and it's going to get down into the, the upper 40s by nightfall. You can really, that can keep you pretty good and warm. Um you want me to just progress right into as, as I, what about socks? Down? What about socks and maybe uh, stocking cap or gloves or anything like that for early season? Okay, so yeah, gloves always just light. I always wear lightweight. Um, I wear the the Wasika Fanatic gloves because the the index finger and the thumb is um, cut off of them, so you can, you know, I shoot a, a wrist release, so I've always liked that. Um, I will still sometimes run hand warmers in like the, the uh, pouch of that Fanatic light jacket um, just so my hands are always nice and warm. As far as socks go, I have learned that uh, kind of always go a little bit size up on your boots because I'm a big fan of wearing a, just one pair of really heavy wool socks that are not tight. Yeah, I, I used to wear a like a base Moreno sock that was lightweight, but they're always really tight on my feet and on my ankles. And then I'd throw a, a like a midweight wool sock over that. That was kind of looser fitting. And then I would always wear, um, you know, knee high rubber boots. Um, and they would always, I always buy my knee high rubber boots, like the size that my shoes are. I'm a size 12 buy a size 12 rubber boot. By the time you start adding some layers in there, your, your boots are fitting super tight um, what I've learned now is to get buy a size up, wear a nice heavy wool sock. You have all this extra room because um, in a sense, I mean, air is one of the best insulators out there. So you have room for air to be in your boots um, and your feet. There's no like blood restriction from those tight, you know, Moreno base layer socks that uh, I just my feet stayed a lot warmer for a lot longer. Uh, as far as a hat, I always wear um, like a baseball cap. And then I'll always throw, um, like a stocking hat over it, but I always want like a bill over my eyes to keep the sun off my eyes when, uh, when I'm hunting in the morning or in the evening. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to run through my, well, I don't even want to say I'm going to run through it because it's kind of, it's going to be different than most people's. Like for me, Early season, if I know it's going to be in that, you know, early season in Iowa can just be about anything as far as tree stand hunting. It can be in the 40s, it can be in the 50s, 60s, even up into the 80s in October. And so if it is the warmer side of the early season, let's say it's going to get into the 60s, I'm not doing the the layering that i would when it starts getting cold out right i always i'm always wearing some kind of um base layer top 
but maybe not necessarily a base layer bottom when it's kind of uh, warmer out. Uh, I'm still wearing some kind of merino merino uh, sock, but the boot will be different. And when you talk to a lot of sock manufacturers, they will tell you a good sock paired with the right boot uh, is basically the champion of what keeps your feet, number one, dry and cool and or and or dry and warm right so a good combination so when it's early season i'm wearing my hiking boots but when it's late season i'll probably throw on uh like a lacrosse alpha burley pro uh or uh some people have muck boots muck boots now have like uh insulated some really good insulated ones so that would be for my feet but like i'm wearing i'm I'm not a huge believer that camo pattern, if you're sitting still in a tree stand and you have good backdrop behind you, I'm, I'm not a huge believer that a specific camo pattern will make or break your hunt. So I wear like some dicky type pants, some really hard, uh, basically to walk through thorns. I, they, thorns won't go through them. Uh, sure. A pair of, you know, dark brown or light brown basically uh, carhartt pants or dicky pants and then i'm wearing uh my base layer top and which is uh typically a sitka uh core lightweight core uh base layer and then a oh man it's like a, a another light jacket over top of that and really that's it and that jacket can range anything from my sitka ascent to um, there's a brand called element that's uh, i think they're a direct to consumer company Uh, i have an element jacket they have they have different versions of that uh, lightweight and it's really well made and whatnot and then i also have just like a far like i call it a farm jacket where it's made of the same material as their pants and it's from a company called Arborware, and it's just a really heavy duty, durable jacket. And it's so I can have a camo top sometimes, and then I'll have, or I'll just be straight brown from head to toe. And you know, I I'm not a huge like I don't typically get cold in October, but for some reason it, there's a, a switch that gets flipped late October early November where I really got to start thinking about, it takes me probably one or two hunts to go out and it's like, okay, now I need to start layering up before I go out. But typically my early season hunting is nothing special. It's almost, it's probably closer to jeans and t-shirt type get up than it is to actually a, a, an official layering system. If that makes sense. Right. right. I would say, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think that, Really, you don't have to wear camo to be undetected in a tree. Right. Especially that time of year when there's tons of leaves on the tree. And if yeah. you if you kind of know where the deer are coming from, uh, I guess the only real difference on that would be if I know, let's say I'm going to do a run and gun hunt where I'm, I got my tree stand on my back, I'm heading into the timber, and I'm, I know I'm going to do some sweating getting to my, my location, then I might wear you know, uh, an official base layer just to keep everything dry. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Merino wool beanies. 
right? Like Sika makes one. I know a company named Puma or it's not Puma, Numa. Numa yep. makes one. They're really light, and I almost prefer those over a a baseball cap. You know, your official okay. type of hat. And I yeah. wore that out west during my elk hunt. I wore it all year during my uh, tree stand hunts. And for some reason, that keeps. They say that you lose like what sixty to seventy percent of all the heat off your body from your head. Correct. Yeah. And when I was wearing this, I felt that regulated my temperature very well. So, yeah. So that's kind of my early season whitetail. Now, let's kind of transition and walk us through now, Bob. Your cold weather November, December, even later hunting. Alrighty. So yeah, when that. When the temperatures finally start dropping, um, I hike in, let's see, base layers are not, so I don't like to wear anything tight fitting on, uh, on my legs. It just gets too itchy. Um, so I have a, a there's a company, it's called Sims. They make a lot of fishing, uh, waders and they've got their own layering line for, uh, like fly fishermen and stuff like that. But they have, uh, it's like a polyester type um, you know, pant. And then I'll just throw um, a heavier uh, Sika pant over it. Typically, I think I've been using like the Sika Dakotas. They're, those are actually straight brown. Um, they're not even camo at all. Or I'll grab a pair of, uh, I've got a cryptic Kadog uh, pant that those are uh, fleece lined on the inside. And then I'll throw uh, fanatic bibs on over all that. And then as far as uh, up top goes, um, I'll do a Moreno base layer. And then I've got uh, the fanatic hoodie. And then I'll throw a, it's like the Celsius Midi, I think it's called. That was a new one from Sika, I think the last year or two. That's just a lightweight insulation piece and it that's worth its weight in gold and then over that i will throw a uh the fanatic jacket and i mean if it's 40 degrees or below that's pretty much my setup because i would rather be nice and toasty warm than even hinting at getting a little too cold so um and then you have boots it's usually i think i've got those lacrosse alpha burleys you're talking about and uh, a very thick pair of uh like the thickest pair you can possibly buy of of wool socks and then just uh uh knee-high boots you know that's typically and then uh, the fanatic the fanatic beanie i think it's called that's got to be one of the warmest like stocking caps you can you can possibly buy so um that gets me I mean, we're talking down into the single digits. I know Iowa this year, we were out there, or Iowa in 2018, we were there in middle of November, and it was, I think we had a couple days where it was honestly a high of 10 degrees, yeah. and it was I mean, snow blowing sideways. I, I didn't last, you know, real long in a tree stand. I didn't sit till noon or anything like that, but I was able to comfortably sit in a stand from, you know, 6 a.m. till you know, 9.30, 10 a.m., um, kind of tough to do all-day sits in that type of weather. I'm not, uh, I'm not that tough, <laughs> but, uh, 
But uh, yeah, how about you, Dan? All right, so cold weather. I'll right off the bat, I'll just go to my legs, right? Because my legs typically don't get cold, and I don't know why. Uh, my upper body gets cold, and my feet get cold. But over the years, for some reason, I can wear minimal layers on my legs and and feel fine. So I I take that same lightweight core pants that I that I have the matching top to that I usually wear during, um, uh, during the early season. But I also have a, a pair of lightweight pants for that and a lightweight uh, base layer for that. And that's the first thing that goes on. Then my top is an ultra Merino Merino 145 from Kuyu. It's uh, the Kuyu base layer and uh, straight up. I picked that up what a year or two ago because it was on sale and it's an awesome base layer right i can't believe how fast that thing dries out especially when i wear it uh, in that transition period from uh, late october where it's warm during the day but starts to cool off real fast at night and me walking into my tree stand that thing dries almost by the time i'm clipped in to my tree stand Uh, so it's fast drying uh, very warm, very uh, moisture wicking, I guess you could say. So I'm a huge fan of that T-shirt or that uh, that long sleeve shirt. And then over top of it is when I start throwing on uh, my Fanatic hoodie from Sitka. And then, uh, let's see, pants are kind of a shoot from the hip. I have an old uh, pair of, I guess, I guess you would call them, I mean, I'm trying to, th- like long johns, I guess you could say. I've had them for several years. They're half wool, half something else. I don't know. I mean, they're, that's how old they are. They're, they're, they're wool. That's why I bought them. But they're something else. I'll throw those over top of it. And then over top of my, uh, my lightweight core uh, bottoms. And then I have the Fanatic hoodie. And then... Over top of my Fanatic hoodie, I will take an, uh, a garment that is typically used for Western hunting, and it is the Calvin Lightweight Vest. And that thing has Windstopper in it. So you know how sometimes if it's really windy, uh, it just sucks the, the, the heat from your body because there's just so much air moving outside? This thing, yep. this thing actually stops that. And now I, that is one of my favorite pieces of hunting equipment that I take anywhere with me, whether it is the whitetail stand or if I'm going out to Colorado uh, for an elk hunt. That is my, one of my favorite pieces of equipment because if you do ever get cold, you throw that vest on, and they make a jacket in that too, but you throw that uh, down vest on and you warm up real fast and the wind doesn't affect your, your temperature as much as let's say if you didn't have it so huge fan of that and then i'll throw on a couple other pieces from sitka i got a fanatic jacket um i got the fanatic pants over top of that or if i'm not wearing the pants i have a an old pair of overalls that was made by a company called gray wolf woolens that in the predator camo pattern and that thing is go-to during cold weather, too. And that comes all the way up to my chest. I zip it up, 
socks are sometimes I'll do a base layer sock and then a, a thicker sock. But I think what I'm learning is like what you said earlier, air is the best insulator. So if I throw on my alpha burly pros and I have a real thick, uh, non tight fitting sock in there, I tend to do better. Uh, but eventually if I'm sitting out there all day, the first thing that goes is my feet every single time. And, uh, I'm almost to the point now where I want to go buy some of those electrical insoles that heat up. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. I have not seen the reviews on them are mixed, yeah. but yeah, I've been, I've been thinking the same myself. I've real quick. I've kind of heard that, um, you know, a lot of reasons that people's feet get so cold is because your feet are resting on a ice cold piece of metal. Yeah. So I've heard of guys kind of lining the uh, the bottom of their metal tree stand with uh, like a foam pad yep. and keeping their feet on those. And I've heard I've heard positive reviews that your feet do stay warmer that way. I've not tried it myself, but hey, just a just a tip out there if you're willing to try it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm uh, I'm down for just about anything these days. I'm also a guy who hates to sit all day. Even during the rut, I'm not an all-day sitter. I'd rather get down, go do something, come back for like I guess the optimal times. So I tip my tip my feet typically don't get too cold unless you know I'm checking trail cameras and uh, what do you know I'm checking it at 11 and a big buck was here just an hour ago. So I'm going to go up the ridge aways and try to catch him in a different stand location and therefore I'm sitting all day you know, almost all day. And those are the days that typically my feet tend to go. But other than that, you know, not much. But, and then in the really cold, cold conditions, I mentioned this, uh, uh, the brand Element again. And Element has these, this winter in Iowa was brutal. Uh, It was probably one of the coldest continuous time periods that I can remember uh, since I was born right and we're talking multiple days below freezing temps and uh, i can remember in late february i was like man i got to get out and i got to go go try to do some shed hunting and i was wearing their heavyweight bibs and their heavyweight jacket and that now might be my goal go to um my go-to jacket and bibs for cold weather because they are they keep me toasty warm. Uh, even when I was just kind of sitting around doing nothing, I you know tested them out to see how good they are. It's almost like you're wearing a sleeping bag. Uh, it's but it's not loud like you would think something like that is. Right. So, other than that, uh, I was sitting in my tree stand this year, and you know, you're flipping through social media, and er- all the pictures that come out are guys typically wearing the same brand head to toe. And I was looking at my myself and I'm just this like hodgepodge of different <laughs> brands and camos. Like I think I was wearing five different brands of clothing, like whether I think it was Kuyu, Sitka, Element, Predator. And uh, I can't remember what the fifth one was, but I it's probably something Realtree, right? Because Realtree's on everything. So I, I had... I, I would not have made a magazine cover or an advertisement looking like the way I did. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that, man. Nobody owns you. No, you know? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, 
so that's typically our, I mean, do you have anything else to add as far as the, the whitetail season goes? I do. I do. Um, it's not, it's not really, it's not in regards to layering. It's in regards to specifically the fanatic and, um, what stratus by, by Sitka. Um, if there is any burr that you're going to walk by, it's going to be, you're getting, Oh my God. I don't want to talk about this because it it pisses me off. Someone out there needs to make a device that removes burrs from that fabric and they will be a millionaire (laughs) because that is, I mean, that's what we should be doing instead of be doing this podcast because that is the most frustrating thing in the world, especially when you walk out to your tree stand in the morning and you can't see where all the burrs are at and you get up in your tree stand Get all set up, set your hands down. You sit down for the first time, set your hands down on your legs, and it's just all burrs. And you're like, well, looks like I know what I'm doing for the next hour. Just right. picking burrs up. Well, it's so, the burrs, and what do they call those? Uh, it's like a really thin uh, vine yeah. kind of thing. And then they yep. have all the like hundreds of the little like tick size yep. burrs that stick on your clothes. Oh Jesus, man. Dude, that's, that's like a Midwest thing. Like we yeah. don't have that in Michigan. Right. That's the only place I run into that is Nebraska and Iowa. And the first two, three days I'm out there, it's the worst because I'm just not trained to even look for it yet. Right. So right. it's awful. Right. Uh, and typically I get, I run into those almost everywhere because they're always along field ed- edges and yep. the first 10 yards from a field edge into the timber, right? Where the sun hits the most, right? So yeah, yeah, I, I get that. There's a lot of clothing though, not just the Sitka, but there's a ton of clothing that picks those up. I mean, jeans, t-shirts, anything oh, yeah. cotton. Yeah. I mean, there's, man, I'm trying to think the pants that I wear don't pick them up because they're like really ultra tough. But yep. I can all I have to do is take my hand and rub them off if they do get on there. But I actually do think there is a company. They make this glove that you put it you put it on your hand and they use it actually to uh, get burrs off of dogs and animals. So if a horse has them real bad, they'll they'll basically pet the dog or the horse, and the burrs okay. come off. But I, I man, I wish I knew the brand. They also have one for clothing to get cockaburs and that kind of stuff off clothing okay. as well. So I don't know if you're listening now and you want to know more information about that, I guess, Google it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll be Googling it as soon as we're done here. Right. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, so to, to kind of reiterate what you're saying about pants that don't pick up that stuff, yeah. those, those dog pants by, um, Cryptek, those are those are very good for whatever reason. They're they're tough. You walk through thorns, stuff like that. They just don't pick up anything, and they're that's a nice mid weight pant that you could wear uh, standalone or with a, a light base layer, and you could probably get down into the the mid forties and be pretty comfortable. And then as far as just, I know we're kind of heavy on the Sika gear, but um, I, I did wear Cryptek for a couple years, uh, bow hunting for whitetails. And they have a, a jacket and bibs that is very comparable to the Fanatic lineup of Sitka. It's called, uh, it's like the Aegis or, or Aegis Extreme Jacket and Extreme Bibs. Um, that's got a Primaloft insulation, um, fit, quality. It's it's right on par with, with Sitka gear. 
It does not have that Berber fleece that that Fnatic and that uh, Stratus kind of has. So those do better. Also, um, it's still quiet, um, but it is also waterproof. So it's a it's like an an all in one piece. And I that's one thing that I am super bummed out about Sika is that you know you're you're paying four hundred bucks for a jacket and four hundred bucks for bibs and they're not even waterproof. Yeah. Like, but and then you know, Cryptek is uh, I think a direct to consumer company as well. Oh well, no, I've seen their stuff in the in sporting goods stores, but they're they're at least thirty percent cheaper and I. I fared well with with their gear as well. So I just want to say, if if you're looking to save a few bucks, definitely check out Cryptek. So yeah, and we're going to get into that after we uh, talk about Mountain because there is price points here that we need we definitely need to talk about. But um, do you carry a rain jacket with you ever while you're tree stand hunting? I do not. Um, typically, so if it's a heavy downpour, I'm probably not going to be hunting because two reasons one i just especially in michigan i rarely see deer when it's a heavy downpour yeah um i know that you can get out you know if you can time it you get out there right after that downpour is let up i know that's a good time to get out the other thing is you know that a blood trail when it's raining it's just kind of asking for trouble yeah so i've had more i've had more bad uh, encounters or had friends that have, uh, lost deer to due to rain, uh, or hunting in the rain, um, than they found. So yeah. kind of stay away from it. So yeah. So whitetail hunting, um, I, I don't, I don't use any, any rain gear. So yeah, I, I I'll sit out, I'll sit out in the light rain, but that's about it. Yeah. If it's sprinkling, I don't worry, but, uh, this year I, I finally had to pull out my, uh, official rain jacket and it's just something I man it's I don't even know the name brand of it I think it's actually a there's a sporting goods store near me called Shields and I think they have their own branded equipment and this this mm-hmm. this rain jacket cost me and it all it is is just a, a shell it's, there's no insulation with it and it costs 50 bucks and that's what I brought out to Colorado with me I didn't have rain pants um, and that's what I wore this year in the tree stand uh, frog tog. Have you ever heard of that brand? I, yeah, I have. I have. Oh man. I'll never buy that. I will never buy anything with frog tog on it. <laughs> it's cheap and it's, it's meant for like, maybe you're going to go throw a jacket on a check your mail. It's that yep. made for that. And I made the mistake of taking that, uh, jacket elk hunting with me. And I, I thought a rain jacket is a rain jacket, right? It's just, all it does is keep uh, you know, keep water out. Well, the next thing I know that rain jacket got a hole in it. It got ultra wet. It stopped doing its job. And I had to put trash bags underneath or over top of me. And then underneath my jacket, just so the rest of my body wasn't freaking jacked. And, uh, uh, I'll tell you this right now, garbage bags are not breathable. <laughs> right. Right. So that, you know, we, it's just all these learning this all this whole learning curve that you have to go through and you adapt and whatnot but all right we've pretty much talked about our whitetail get up is there anything else that you want to say before we jump over to western gear uh yeah one last thing they just ideas just keep popping in my head um again on that cryptic topic they make a uh a shell for pants and 
a jacket that go over pretty much anything. Um, it's called the Poseidon, and uh, that is very packable, very light. Uh, I believe the jacket and pants all rolled up, packed down to together, packed down to the size of about a football. So something you can kind of shove in the bottom of your, your backpack and very easy to uh, – it's got the zips that go all the way up to your hips on the, on the uh, pants. Very easy to actually slip on in a tree stand. Um, very lightweight. Pretty noisy, but it's just a shell. It definitely gets you through a monsoon real quick if you just got like a, a nasty thunder cell coming over. Um, but, yeah, that's about – that's all I really had to add for the, the whitetail side of things. Okay. So I guess – and we'll talk a little bit about this after we talk about the the western side of things. But Sitka has a whitetail line. First Light has a whitetail line. Kuyu doesn't necessarily have a whitetail line, but the products overlap. Element, Numa. Um, I know there's obviously any brand. Uh, I'm thinking other companies that have layering systems. Can you think of any? Cryptech, which I've yep. already been yep. talking about. Cryptech, any, any, I'm sure they're out there, but these are the ones that are kind of front and center when I start looking at gear. Um, and we'll talk about price point in this here in a little bit, but okay. Western game. And I'm, I'll just kind of kick it off. Um, Western game is crazy because I always overpack for my gear because I'm afraid like I've watched the movie Alive too many times to where I feel like, oh my God, it's gonna the weather's gonna come in and I'm not gonna be prepared. So I, I don't know. I o- always over prepare as far as bringing. I I typically bring all of my hunting gear with me when I go. If I have to leave some of it in the truck, I leave some of it in the truck. But uh, and I can always go back and get it. But I always bring everything and. Um, I don't have any experience in this extremely cold weather, let's say late season rifle hunt, but I do have experience in the Western side of things. And I'm going to start with socks because I think this is one of my favorite, one of my favorite pieces of gear aside from the vest that I mentioned is a company called Altera Alpaca. And it is socks made from Alpaca and they are absolutely awesome absolutely awesome socks uh and i match that with a crispy god i can't believe this this is so unprofessional uh a pair of crispy boots backpacking boots that uh i don't know the name of they're green they're not their leather ones and my base layer is uh that same kuyu top that i mentioned then i throw a another light synthetic uh shirt from element over top of that Uh, and that's just for like walking around and then over top of that is the mountain pants and the mountain jacket from uh sitka and that's that that is an awesome piece of equipment i like the the fact that it just stops the wind is money and it's really lightweight and flexible and durable and other than that, man, I, I, I bring that Calvin vest with me just in case. I have my rain jacket with me just in case. But for the most part, my my elk 
like my September elk hunting system, that's what it is. And uh, as far as the clothing is concerned, same merino, same merino beanie. And uh, I this year I wore a pair of mechanics gloves, and that did me just fine. Okay. Do you when you elk hunt? Do you have like a base camp set up close to your truck? Do you have a a cabin that you're kind of hunting out of, or are you kind of going up in the mountains for like three, four, five nights in a row? Right. So the first time I went elk hunting was a was a backpack hunt. Right. All out of the backpack, all out of the tent. Uh, the last year was my first year doing it out of a cabin. So basically, I had hiking up into the mountains to go set up and start stalking. I had all my, my jacket, my vest in my backpack. And then when we slowed down and it was cooler in the mornings and cooler in the evenings, I could layer up when we, uh, you know, when we slowed down and started standing still and calling or moving, you know, moving around or if it would start to rain, I'd throw my rain jacket on. But for the most part, we were stripping down, and putting clothing on whenever we would move and whatever, whenever we would stop. Okay. Yep. Yep. Sim- similar experiences here. Um, want me to run down through? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. So, so the, the L concept, uh, my buddy from, uh, Montana and I typically do, we go in and we hunt out a, we hunt out of a, a tent. Uh, we go in about three, four miles back. And so you got a full load going in. So basically, we bring one pair of pants. It's the pants that we're wearing in. Um, crispy boots as well. Uh, light pair of merino wool socks. I think mine are smart wool. Um, and I know I've used Fitz, Fitz socks before too, F-I-T-S. Um, so yeah, the mountain pant by Sika, I wear that as well. Hiking in, especially if it's in the... 60s uh because we usually hike in middle of the day get camp set up and then boom we're hunting for the next five days Uh, but we hike in in the daylight just because it's just a lot easier um so actually for a top i will wear uh just a regular t-shirt just kind of a a burner t-shirt because i know i'm gonna sweat it out um especially with like a 55 60 pound backpack on for for that many miles during the heat of the day. Um, not the most efficient when it comes to weight, but gets the job done. And none of my, I mean, that's just a lot of sweat to pour into your hunting gear right, right out the gate, especially something where you're not showering for five, six days. But, uh, once we're there set up, um, Moreno top, uh, typically next layers, the apex hoodie, um, that's a really nice piece for spot and stalking, just the way that they, that Sika made that. Um, it's like the, the bottom of the forearm and the elbows and the shoulder is a heavier duty material, material than, uh, like the chest and the back. Um, it's just like all your high abrasion areas are well protected. Um, and then, like you said, if it's cool in the morning, cooling off in the evening, I believe I throw on a jet stream vest next. It's got that wind blocker in it. It's got some fleece backing in it. Uh, just keeps your core nice and warm. And then if it gets drops even more, I'll throw the jet stream jacket on, which same thing. It's got that wind stopper. It's got a hood. Uh, it's got that fleece backing as well. So it kind of doubles up on the core. Plus now you're, 
extremities are protected. Um, this whole time, still, only thing on my legs is my mountain pants. I mean, when you're elk hunting, you're moving enough that I think uh, it's good uh, temperature regulation to kind of, you know, lose heat through your legs and stuff like that. Um, typically, always have, you know, just standard stick a cap on i think i'll wear their i usually pack the jet stream beanie or something like that but i can't say i've ever worn it i usually just the the, the apex hoodie's got that hood in it so i'll just tip i'll throw that on if uh, my head's getting cold um i always pack uh the cloudburst rain gear that's always in the back of my pack just because you're up in the mountains you don't have service you have no idea if you're going to get hit with a thunderstorm or not um, and then usually back at the tent, I've always got, um, the Kelvin down jacket, I think it is. And that's just, that's just for survival pretty much in case it ever gets, uh, extremely cold. It also doubles up as a nice pillow. If you ever forget your pillow, like I tend to do. Yeah. Um, and then Oh, that's honestly for, for sick of gear and, and, and mountain hunting, that's, that's about it to, to compare all that to Cryptek. Cause I've, I've worn Cryptek in the mountains for a couple years as well. They make a Dalibor pant and jacket. That's going to be equivalent to like that mountain, uh, pant and jacket. And then their Moreno is actually really good. It's, it's actually not itchy at all. Um, what else have I worn? They have a Kratos jacket. That's a puffy. That packs down nice and light. And then I would always, uh, that Poseidon rain gear, I always had with me. Yeah. But um, the, the the years that I wore Cryptek gear uh, on my elk hunts, it was, it was warmer. It was highs in the 60s and, you know, lows in the, the upper 30s or, or mid 40s. So I never really dove too deep into their their uh warmer gear while i was uh elk hunting yeah awesome so yeah it's one of those things where for me you know we're moving around so much we can count on a rain throughout the day uh whether it's gonna be light or heavy we don't know if it's real heavy we've kind of stopped in under a tree put a rain jacket on kind of waited out but uh and i know a lot of that changes if you're out in a you know, out in a, a camping type scenario. And I think that's going to be a, a good transition for us is to, on one of the future podcasts is to talk about the stuff that we bring th- while we're actually in a tent camping or whatever, whatever like that. So, Oh man. Sorry. I've got a phone ringing here at work. That Sorry about that. So yeah, we'll do that, and uh, we'll we'll talk about the stuff that goes along with the Western hunt and on another podcast. But yeah, I mean, always uh, another another sock company that I can think of. It's a it's more of a thinning a thinner hiker uh, hiking sock. But I liked that up there as well on days where it was maybe a little bit warmer. Was from Darn Tough Socks. They make a okay. real thin wool sock that I actually wear a lot around the house. And uh, honestly, I don't wear merino all the time. But if I find a really good pair of socks that are merino and I like, I'm buying a couple of them and I'm wearing them 
around the house. You know, when I go out and do my daily activities, I'm always wearing like a, a merino sock of some sort. Gotcha. So, other than that, like Western hunting is pretty. I know it it can get complicated, but as far as the gear that I used, it's minimal, right? Uh, it's yeah, the base layer, the insulation layer, and the shell, and for the and that's it really. Yeah, I, you know, elk hunting, mountain hunting. I mean, depends on what type of mountain hunting you're doing. If you're doing a lot of glassing, I could see you know packing a lot more uh, your puffies and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, spot and stock archery elk hunting, you know, bugling bulls. You're moving. You, you know, a lot of times you're stopping and you're taking layers off. You're not. Yeah. You're not adding a whole lot unless you got a, a slow day. Yeah. Um, one thing that we have not talked about and getting a little personal here is underwear yeah. boxers. Yes. Yes, man. I, I use the Sitka there. It's not the Merino, but it's the core boxer. I, yeah. I have a pair of those. And then, um, I don't know how often you look at websites like steep and cheap or Backcountry, uh, or, Man, what was the other? Steep and cheap, backcountry, and then there's another one that's more marketed towards the, I guess you would say, the backpacker and the hiker, uh, and not necessarily towards the hunter. But when you think about it, it's the same type of product, right? It right. just has a right. different logo on it, right? And um, this is a perfect transition because I have a couple, I have a couple pairs of underwear from I don't even know the brand. It starts with a Z. But, but I bought it off of uh, a website called Steep and Cheap, and they have like discounted rates on all of their, you know, all of their gear. Gotcha. There's a there's another good site, Camo Fire. That's Camo usually Fire. got, yeah. That's got a lot of. Uh, do you not know about Camo Fire? Dan? I I think I've heard of it before, but I don't know if I've ever been to the actual website. That is a daily. It's a daily website check. They have amazing, amazing deals on everything. I mean, they even have, they'll have a, a two or three year old bow that's brand new. That's 50 or 60% off. They've got really good deals. Besides the point, they, um, they usually sell, uh, uh some decent, uh, boxer options. Um, I have not ran the, or have not worn the the Sika boxers I've been looking at getting those uh, Sims fishing products they made a they made boxers back three four years ago they don't make them anymore but um, I've got boxers from them that are five years old they're like a polyester blend um, and I wish that they still made them because I'd buy twenty more pairs of them I wear them every day and they're the best durable boxers um i've ever come across cryptic moreno boxers uh are pretty decent but they do not last that long right it seems come apart and stuff like that so um but they are comfortable um but yeah i'm not a big fan of wearing moreno boxers uh just kind of itchy and then um yeah and i'm not a I'm more of a boxer guy and not like the boxer brief type. So I like to, I found that the boxer, if we're getting personal, the boxer briefs kind of start riding up Yeah. and, uh, it gets uncomfortable. Then you're making your buddy stop and you're, 
on doing your fly and digging around, pulling your box or your briefs back down. So that gets old. Yeah. And that's the, that I'm the opposite. I'm a boxer brief guy. I like, okay. the, I like the snug. I like the hug. I like the, the, <laughs> the cup, the cuppage, if you know what I mean. Right. So, yeah. uh, I like to be <laughs> supported, I guess, I guess, but yeah. And I, I, so other than Sitka, I have a couple pairs of those, and then I have a couple pairs of uh, that other brand that I got off that company or off that website, Steep and Cheap. Now, that's that's one thing that I, I want to discuss here is a lot of this a lot of this technology that's coming into the hunting industry as far as garments and clothing is concerned um, came from the backpacking community and the the hiking community because they were wearing merino a long time before it almost was introduced into hunting i say that with an asterisk because i'm sure there was guys out there wearing merino wool a lot but not marketed really towards that you know what i mean like a merino base layer or whatever but you know so when when you're looking for some of this equip this gear don't feel that you have to buy a base layer from the Sitka or the Kuyus of the world because you can go to some of these backpacking and hiking websites and companies and find the uh, a similar product. It may not be 100% the same, but a similar product for much cheaper than what you would find, let's say, a pair of Sitka uh, Merino base layers for or uh, a rain jacket from i guess first light or whatever right so do your research and look at some of those places too and even and even for like hiking boots and uh like solid colored pants right it may not have a camel pattern on it but there's some really durable brands out there now what you run into and a lot of guys will say oh well they don't support hunting well i don't know anything about that right so uh those uh you know take a look there now price right a lot of guys everybody has a budget right some guys' budgets are higher than others some are lower and some are barely existent right so i feel it's necessary to talk a little bit about budget and maybe what we can do if we don't have the necessary equipment or the necessary funds to just deck out in a, uh, in a high cost item like a uh, sick gear. Right. Right. I would, uh, I'm not opposed to buying used gear. I've bought a lot of used gear off of archery talk. Um, another forum called rock slide. That's R it's with a K R O K S L I D E.com. Uh, you look at their classified ads. Um, I have not had a bad experience as far as uh, bu- buying used gear and you know paying through PayPal and getting it shipped on time. Um, I've sold some of my own stuff uh, through those sites. I've never really done much on eBay or anything like that, but I'm not opposed to used gear at all. You can get almost brand new gear um, for 50% off. 60% off just depends. A lot of times you can make an offer a little bit below what they have listed and, and negotiate, you know, kind of through the, the uh, private messaging on those forums. Uh, it's not a bad option. I don't know if that's really where you're going with this or if you were talking about uh, maybe 
piecing together your your layering system. Yeah, I don't think we need to go into a uh, too much detail about it, but I'll I'll just lead by saying if you're going to invest a larger amount of money into uh, a specific set of items, I would almost spend that money on socks and base layers over top of, uh, this is my opinion, over top of an insulation layer or a, or an expensive jacket or a set of pants. I would, I would completely agree. I think that's where it all starts. Yeah. Yep. Because the jacket doesn't do any good if you're soaking wet from sweat or if you're not holding the warmth against against your body, it probably it probably will play some role. But you know, the next to skin items are are what I have found the most uh, the most success with, and that's how I've built my system: is started with a base layer and then move out. So, in order of what I would purchase first, base layer, insulation, shell, or rain gear. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so if if you're looking for, and if you're, you know, if you're doing a mountain hunt, if you're doing an elk hunt, something like that, boots. You cannot. I mean, if you yeah. don't, if you're, if you're, if your feet go, if you get blisters, your 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 hunt's done. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And well, I think that's another another topic, almost all by itself, is boots for different conditions. But, um, man, I think. And the thing about what I found, especially in the hunting community, price typically does reflect quality as far yes. as layering and gear, right? Let's not beat around the bush. Companies like Sitka and Kuyu are probably the cream of the crop when it comes to uh, getting what you pay for. You're going to pay a shit ton, but you're also getting the best of the best. Uh, same with First Light, although... I have heard from my friends, and of course, this is a small sample size of what's out there, uh, say that First Light has some kind of some durability issues. Uh, okay. They don't last near as long. Now, that's hearsay on my part because I've never purchased. Uh, the only thing I have from First Light is a pair of socks, and they seem to have stood the test of time and did very well uh, for you know, I still use them. So I, other than that, I don't have any experience with companies like that. I know, um, a company that companies that make they're they're more direct to consumer, like first light, like uh, Numa and element. They, they are going to be on the mid mid side of things are going to be under the Sitka gear, under the Kuyu pricing. Um, Probably, if I had to guess, they're going to perform the same way, just a bit under them, but still a perfect type of place to start if you're looking to go into a layering system. Right, right. I would, I would say the same for for Cryptek. It's a uh, quality wise, uh, probably a step below, um, probably a full step below Sika and uh, QU. Just functionality it's all the same it's a lot of the same fabrics but it's it's the details in the the fit and then it's also the details in like the stitching and stuff like that i've like a lot of that cryptic gear i've had a lot of the stitching uh come apart on me after a year or two of use yeah so yep 
Yep, absolutely. And then I think it just comes down to personal preference as well. Uh, You know, if you're looking to start spending money on layering systems, I would first make two columns on a piece of paper, wants versus needs, right? What do you want and what do you need? And let me just say that after you make that, then determine. Don't determine by brand or don't determine by cost quite yet right budget obviously is going to play a role into it but um like what the brand is what the cost is should be secondary to after you make the list what your wants and needs are you know do i need this first this first then shop for those specific items throughout the you know the internet right throughout all these different brands and like i said don't be afraid to go check some of these backpacking and hiking uh companies as well and then make it an idea because like you it's it, you you do look cool if you're wearing all the same camo but it's not necessary to wear all the same brand and camo pattern very true very true i'd, I'd also say um don't don't be afraid to go to uh i think it's gander outdoors now or shields or even cabela's they like you said earlier they have their own brands and i think because yes. of what happened in the outdoor industry and how everyone has stepped up their game these these box stores their own brand they also have stepped up their game but they're still at i mean they're at an even lower price point than um you know some of the other companies we've been talking about cryptek and you know we've been talking about you know the top price point the middle price point and then I'd say these box stores that have their own brands are going to be the low price point and you're going to get superb quality. So, and it seems like, seems like, especially like Cabela's, I mean, their return policy is second to none. I mean, you can wear their product for a year, wear it out and bring it in and basically get store credit if you want to. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I hate to say it because it kind of goes, it almost goes against everything that I'm about. But if there's a piece of clothing that you want to try on, go to a Cabela's, go to a Bass Pro Shop, go to your local box store, try it on, and then go online (laughs) and try to buy it for cheap. Because there are definitely places out there that are undercutting retail locations, and you can save a little bit of money. I know that makes me kind of sound bad, but if budget's very important for you, man, that's a trick that you got to live by. Yeah, yeah. Very true. Cool. Well, I think other uh, other than that, is there anything else that you want to add about hunting, clothing, layering, anything like that? Uh, not specifically. I'll say that, um, you know, I, I'm not an expert. I've had uh, experience running the full lineup of Cryptek and, and quite a bit of Sika's Whitetail and uh, – big game line and if anyone um is looking to reach out for questions uh you can hit me up on social media whether it's instagram or um facebook uh my uh a contributing page is uh hybrid outdoors uh, you can find some of my stuff like dan said earlier on sportsman's nation but you can hit me up through those avenues on social media with any questions you might have about specific gear Yep. just want to throw that out there. Yep, same here. And when we do post these these uh, episodes on the uh, Facebook, the, the Sportsman's Nation Facebook page, 
feel free to ask questions there as well. And either Bob or myself will answer any questions that you have through the, the actual posting of this website or of this uh, episode on Instagram or Facebook. And we'll answer questions there as well. So episode number one is in the books. Hopefully everybody has a good rest of their day and uh, it's buying season now here in the hunting industry. So keep a lookout for a lot of discounts and sales coming uh, through whatever keep a a close eye because typically they'll throw some sales out and uh, you can take advantage of that other than that have a good rest of your day and we'll see you next time and there you have it that brings us to the end of this first episode hopefully you guys enjoyed it when me and bob get together this is what the conversation is going to be like i'm going to be getting some manufacturers on the phone in the near future i think some of the topics that we're going to be discussing in upcoming episodes are broadheads um, how ozone is used in hunting today and then uh, some more episodes with me and bob where we probably discuss those topics as well Um, so the goal is to not only have a a topic like this a discussion between me and bob uh, about you know today was a perfect example about gear layers and whatnot and i think what it would be nice to do is get someone from the sitkas of the world someone from the kuyu someone from the uh, first lights whatever and talk about layering why it's important how it works and get into the details from the manufacturers themselves and uh, get multiple guys on the podcast at one time so that would be awesome maybe it'll work maybe it won't but uh, look forward to more content uh, like this coming down the pipe. Uh, if you are not following the Sportsman's Nation Facebook page, you need to. Uh, that's where all these are going to be posted. And uh, you're going to also be able to find this on the iTunes or wherever you down, you know, wherever you download your podcast. So keep it, that in mind as well. Be sure you subscribe and uh, follow on social, Facebook and Instagram for the Sportsman's Nation because that's where uh, the, the communication is going to happen. That's where the conversations, the dialogue, you know, I want you guys to voice your opinion on this as well. So that's where all this is going to happen. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, look forward for more.